Hello everyone, it's August 23rd, 2017. My name is Hunter Colloran. My name is Thomas Anderson. And today is our very first episode of the 2017-2018 academic school year. Uh, we're going to be recording and uploading an episode every single week, so keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah, we are currently on iTunes, SoundCloud, and we're working our way to Spotify, actually, as we speak. Yeah, but nevertheless... Today, we are excited to be getting down to business with the one and only, the famous Eli Blyman. Eli, what's, what's cracking? What's going on tonight? Uh, you know, it's just an honor to be here, guys. Um, this podcast is it's really an up-and-coming thing that I, I just feel like it's going to take off soon. I trust you guys, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. That's great to hear. Eli, for the three people who don't know who you are, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your major, your year, what you're involved in, anything sure. else? Um, so I am a junior here at WP Gary School of Business studying marketing with a minor in film and media production. I'm also the advancement chair for the Devil's Advocates, which is the organization on campus that gives uh, tours. Used to be known for walking backwards, but now we just walk forwards. Uh, <laughs> I'm also in the Business Ambassadors, which is where I met both of you guys. Um, and you, yeah, um, <laughs> as well as in the priority male, all male acapella group here on campus. Very cool. You have a very diversified set of interests. I, uh, I like to keep a diverse portfolio. Let's oh, say that. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I mean, uh, first off, fund. my, my earliest memory of you, Eli, um, was I had some mixer at the beginning of last year for business ambassadors or some kind of social. And we were going around saying fun facts about ourselves. And you said you were good at singing, right? Or like you said that you sang. Mm. I also said that I sang that, that time going around, so it made me interested. I don't sing well. I'm not in an acapella group. Can you tell us a little bit about your all-male acapella group and oh, kind of sure. how you got involved with that? Um, yeah, Priority Male is like the first thing that I joined at ASU. It was my, non, like my one non-negotiable coming into college um, just because I was super involved in choir in high school. Like I was in four choirs my senior year. Wow. And I just knew that like I needed to keep up something of that capacity, even though I wasn't going to be majoring in music in any way. Um, so Priority Mail, I knew about through one uh, of my friends who had already graduated and was already in the group. So I saw them one time towards the end of my senior year of high school, and I was like, this is it. So I tried out first, second week of school and got in, and it's been like a really cool ride ever since. Um, we have competed in the actual competition from Pitch Perfect uh, twice since I've been here. One time we went to semifinals in LA, which was pretty neat. We like rented a beach house. Um, we recorded an EP over spring break, so that actually should be coming out in November to iTunes and Spotify. Wow. Um, title pending. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the title, or are you really just working uh, on a title? We're still? working on a title. Oh, that'd be a cool, like, I have a title. couple ideas, but none of them have been taken Can serious. you share any? Can you share any with uh, maybe, after, maybe after the podcast. Okay, all right. For sure, for sure. That's awesome. So what, what kind of, I guess, what's the scale of the shows that you do? Um, I'd say the most intense in terms of production value is the show called Versus that we did at the beginning of my freshman year which was actually like a sing-off, like riff-off type situation where it pitted Priority Mail, which is the all-guys group, against the Pitchforks, who are ASU's all-girl group. Um, and there was a ton of promotion that went into it. We like sold out the Scottsdale Center for the Arts. Wow. So it was a really cool yeah, show. That's really cool. Um, yeah, lots and lots of time put in and like stressful rehearsal days. But it was a good show. I was really happy with it. Well, that's really who, cool. Who won? Um, eventually we just kind of became friends. And oh, okay. Competition. Uh, yeah. Okay. But we won. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Low key. Yeah. I don't expect anything less. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you were involved in four choirs your senior year of sure, high school. Yeah. So was that the only thing that you did to kind of like not prepare, but like was your background mm-hmm. for singing and stuff? For Priority Mail, um, I had definitely helped. I, in addition to just like the four high school choirs, I also did like regional and all state choirs. Um, I've been singing in some capacity since like the first grade. Um, oh, wow. I've always wanted to be in a band a little bit. Like I also played bass in the ukulele. And I got like a cajon drum for my birthday. So if it's music, I mess with it. That's awesome. I mean, it's very obvious to us that you're extremely creative. I mean, f- for those that don't know already, but will know very soon, Eli pretty much produced, I mean, Thomas and both Eli wrote the script for the Business Ambassador um, recruitment video. But Eli directed it. He's editing it. He was the overall overarching producer of the entire thing. Yep. So that's very, very excited for that. It should be good. Um, what kind of experience do you have in, I mean, you're a film and what major? A film media production minor. Okay. Which um, started sort of as just like a passion thing coming out of high school. I made two, like one kind of feature length documentary towards the end of my senior year and then a mock documentary that was about a half hour in between my junior and senior year of high school so I just realized I was interested in film stuff around that time I'd always been a movie buff but I'd never really considered making them until I got my own equipment and um, just it's something I'm really interested in the the Vizam recruitment video is going to be objectively hilarious I'm so <laughs> it's excited going to be amazing. we got Tim Desh uh, up in the game we have like testimonials from eBoard we incorporate did it a DJ Khaled at one point, so yeah, um, I yeah, there was all it's all over the just place, but stay it's posted, honestly. Oh yeah, it's really just a storm of nonsense, but <laughs> but, really uh, but a controlled sense, storm, you know? and it's something <laughs> I am. I mean, I am so looking forward to when it comes out. I cannot wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so are you? Do you have anything in the works? Anything that you're planning in the future of recording or, or creating any sure. other video um, productions? My honors thesis is tentatively going to be a sitcom about my life in college. No way. That's way. That's awesome. really cool. Yeah. That is so, so what, I mean, how are you going to pull that off? What do you have to do to, to accomplish sure. that? Um, so I'm not totally sure how much I'll have to work on in terms of filming of the show. I at least want to work on the promotional effort so then I can consider it at least partially related to marketing. Um, which I figure if I'm a marketing major, I should at least somewhat incorporate. Um, but I've been planning out like episodically how the show is going to run since um, last summer, basically. I have two seasons worth of out of four planned out. I just need to live the rest of the show to really know where it's going. Oh, um, that's cool. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So who's going to play you? Oh, that's uh, that's up for the acting um Cast the casting, the casting director. Yeah, that's the word for well, it. Well, if you yeah. could choose a celebrity to put like play oh a celebrity, you. Mm-hmm. who would you pick? Oh man, I'd like to think Michael Sarah could be Eli. <laughs> oh but dude, he's, yeah, he's way too good for me. He's on a different level. I find that Michael Sarah in a lot of his movies and shows and whatever, he just kind of finds himself in awkward situations, and I really resonate with. Oh that. yeah, like he's so just like lanky and real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they. I like Michael Sarah. He's a good. He, guy. You know who is um the other guy that. Always reminds me of Michael Sarah. They look very similar. Is he it Jesse Eisenberg? Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I feel like, like Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah look like very similar. He's like the evil similar. Michael Sarah. The one that yeah. played the, the Joker in the new Batman movie? Yeah, he did. That was, that Is was that Jesse him? Eisenberg. Oh, okay. For sure. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, since we're on the topic of movies, um, I guess Thomas, we'll start with you. What is your all-time favorite movie? Well, 
that one's easy because I fell in love with it when I was a kid, but it is Star Wars A New Hope. Yes. The original uncut yes. version, no CGI. None. Like, that weird job of the yeah. hut scene. Yeah, I don't even know what's <laughs> going on. But Did not I mean deserve to the be. uncut version, I mean I remember first seeing that on VHS when I was like a little kid and I fell in love with it. I've seen that movie more times than I can probably count. Um so have you ever seen How I Met Your Mother? There's a character. I'm watching it right now. So I good. I started it so this good. week. So good. But there's this character, Ted Mosby. Um, and his favorite movie of all time is Star Wars, uh, the original. And so he watches it when he's like homesick. He watches it when he's homesick. He, um, he watches it when he's sad, when he's happy, when it's Christmas, Halloween. He watches it all the time. And I kind of resonate with that because it's my favorite movie of all time. And I watch it whatever I'm feeling, I just like watch that movie. And it takes me back to like simpler times than when I'm a kid. So yeah, that's my favorite movie. I've actually started to rewatch all the Star Wars. I started it over the summer, towards mm-hmm. the end of the summer with my friend. And the last one we watched was New Hope. We, we started with- Number um, one, yeah. Phantom Menace. Right. Terrible movie, sorry. Um, controversial opinion, Phantom Menace is a better movie than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's controversial. It's very controversial. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand the argument against just because the Geonosis scene in Attack of the Clones is amazing. <sighs> but you do have, like, like, two hours of, like, Anakin complaining about sand. I can't handle it. <laughs> it's coarse. Rough. I don't, it gets, gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? Padme's just, like, uncomfortable in every scene. Yeah, I would be, too. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, trying to, like, touch her shoulder, but he's, like... Like lobster clawing her shoulder, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And then when he like pushes that pear at her, and the force is reduced to a party trick. Oh yeah, you can just tell like Qui Gon Jinn is rolling over in his ghost grave. <laughs> and the midichlorian's like, "What? <laughs> Why are we here?" I have literally no idea what you guys are talking about, uh, it's but I respect yeah. it yeah. immensely. Yeah. Well, um, my phone case, you guys can't see oh. right now, but is Han Solo frozen in carbonate? I, so. I respect. Mad props. <laughs> Well, Eli, uh, I mean, obviously you're a huge fan of Star Wars. A huge fan. What is your all-time favorite movie? That's so difficult because um, I have like a pretty eclectic um, like taste, I guess, when it would come to movies. Um, one movie that I've seen this year that really resonated, um, not that like came out in 2017, although this has been like an unbelievable movie year. But um, in my FMP 250 Sex and Violence in Film class, um, Boogie Nights is an unbelievable movie. Um, It's uh, Mark Wahlberg's first feature film. Uh, He plays a porn star in 1977. And it's like an epic movie in a way that I could not have predicted. Like you get so much character development from all these people. Um, It's just like... It's a journey. It's a crazy journey. It's like hard to watch at points, but it's amazing, and I would highly recommend it, even if it's like kind of violent and the subject matter is questionable at first. Right. Gray. Yeah. But like, it's it's about more than the subject matter. I promise. Um. Okay. I also love Pixar movies and like other things directed at children. And- <laughs> <laughs> what do you? So okay. So you obviously have a very unique taste in in movies in cinema. Mm-hmm. As Ooh. the uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you think that's going to play into your thesis? Um, yeah, I mean that's uh, it's a good question. I'm drawing from a lot of inspiration sources. Um, the most indicative, I would say, at this point in terms of tone, would be Aziz Ansari's Master of None, mm-hmm. which has um, become probably like my second favorite TV show of all time behind Seinfeld, which, like, developed my sense of humor. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of Seinfeld. That's so good. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, 
Master of None does a really solid job of, you know, um, doing a, like a cinematographically beautiful sitcom, which I feel like is kind of unique in the genre. Like the the actual visual of the sitcom is often overlooked, but Aziz really spent a lot of time on it. Um, and also just a lot from just real life humor and situational humor that seems grounded, which I really appreciated. So do you compare, I've never seen Master of None. I've heard it's amazing. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Mm-hmm. So would you compare Seinfeld a lot to a Master of None, whereas in Seinfeld, they're not making fun of necessarily characters, but they're making fun of the world that they're, that That's they're in? That's exactly what I would say. That's yeah. awesome. I, need, I honestly need to watch this because I'm it's a huge fan of It's very similar. Um, like a lot of the situations are updated for like a more millennial audience, but they're extremely similar in the way that they like... I don't know. All of the situations are very realistic and very, like, I don't know, heartfelt. Right. Yeah, it's like something that could totally happen. Right. That, that's what I love so much about Seinfeld is, um, and it's funny how we're talking about sitcoms, but it's, what I love so much about Seinfeld is that the situations that the characters get themselves into are things that could totally happen in my own or your own lives. And I think that if Master of the Night is anything like that, um, then I'd be looking forward to it. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm mm-hmm. excited now. So we've talked about our favorite movies, me and Eli, Eli Ooh. and myself. Hunter. Uh, so yeah, Hunter, what's your, what's your all-time favorite? <sighs> Honestly, you can't it, dodge that question. It's kind of, it, it's kind of basic. Um, I would say my, my mainstream favorite movie has got to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's on my list. I love I, it. It's the perfect movie. It, it is the perfect movie. It has movie. everything. <laughs> I agree. It's a great movie. I agree completely. It's a great movie. Um, Tell us why. Oh, man. Ooh. How can I, how can I explain from, uh, my love for Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I, I guess... I almost said that for mine. Ferris Bueller. So I have this thing that um, I like characters like Bugs Bunny, Ferris Bueller, those types of characters that are just overwhelmingly cocky, but that doesn't hurt them. It always works out for them in the end. And Ferris Bueller is the epitome of that, where he's just this cocky guy that just does whatever he wants and it just works out for him. And um, I guess that's why I like it. It's just a very smooth movie. It flows really well. It's just something that I enjoy to watch. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I love in the movie how it's almost more a, um, a story of Cam's redemption yeah. than it is just about Ferris. Yeah. Huh. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. That's really cool, actually. It's it like the, the best movies to me have um, like a surface level plot and then underlying themes that you don't really expect. Like, um, I mean, for, for Ferris Bueller, obviously, it's his day off. He's like just having a great, cool day, and that's enjoyable enough. But then when. Cam realizes that his dad's car has miles on it that he can't take off, and it just starts to get dark for a second. Like, that's the brilliant moment for me. Um, Inception's the same way, where it just looks like this giant spectacle, and you then the more you watch it, the more you realize it's just about one man letting go of his wife. Right. Whoa. Yeah, it's... Huh. Uh, movies that have a deeper meaning, or a meaning that isn't on the surface level right away... Um, I think are, I think are one of the best kinds of movies you can watch. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched Heather's before? I've heard it's excellent. I haven't actually seen it. It's, movie. I mean, it's a cult classic. I'm not going to spoil anything about it for you. It's really weird. I had to watch it like two or three times to really understand what it's about. But it's, it's, it's that's, that's another good movie. What about um, what about Pulp Fiction? Yeah, have you I've, guys seen it? I have I'm a seen huge it. Quentin Tarantino fan too. Mm-hmm. Um, Pulp Fiction is definitely one of my top, top favorite movies. Um, I like the whole thing about how it's like a circular storyline, and yeah. I think that's very the unique. The segmentation is very interesting. Like, I want to see it again because my initial viewing, 
I like I did it. I didn't think it hurt the movie especially, but it more confused me as to why. Like I didn't really gain Absolutely. a ton from having it non-linear. Yeah, and, like, the fact it was, like, separate storylines that played into, like, a huge overarching storyline, obviously that's, like, a huge theme in mm-hmm. Tarantino films, I would think. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, like, they did it in such, like, a disjointed way. Like, when I first watched it, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was just confused the whole time. There were also point like, doing it in that capacity, I felt like there were specific stories that I really grabbed onto more than others. Like, mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson in that final scene, like... It's, oh, killer. You can't like, look amazing. away. Yeah. yeah it's I, engrossing. Yeah. I, I, I can picture that scene out of my head perfectly. I was, in De- I was in Denver this summer, and I walked into the first place we went when we were there was this old diner. I walked in. Immediately, I was like, this is the diner from that the, the wallet scene with Samuel L. Jackson, Yo, right? Oh, that's awesome. And it wasn't actually the diner, but it looked exactly mm-hmm. like it. There was and one I like just, that near my house, too. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And I couldn't get out of my head, and then we were taking an Uber ride back like towards the end of the week that we were in Denver, and the guy pointed at the diner and was like, doesn't that diner resemble the diner from Pulp Fiction? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> because it's just so, it's just so similar. Uncanny. Yeah. It's Did weird how movies... <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I'm pretty sure. Uh, isn't the British guy calling his wife pumpkin the whole yeah, time? Yeah, he says pumpkin. And oh, sweet, sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like holding a gun to him. And yeah. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny how movies and, and even books and, and just media in general stay with you to that point where you can... Like you guys were quoting some scene from Star Wars that I've never... Like I can't even picture in my head. That one was just unforgettable. <laughs> right. And it, but it's funny how um, how media has that effect on us, right? Oh, yeah. And it, I think it's a very interesting concept of how we can learn as business students. And I guess, I mean, you being a marketing major and me, I'm planning on adding marketing, how we can use media to our advantage to get to, you know, either market products or to get our point Absolutely. across or even to personally market ourselves... And because it's such it's such a, an interesting thing. Do you know it's what I mean? It's a testament to the power of narrative because just in general, I feel like if you can relate a concept to a story um, and really get people emotionally invested in it, uh, it sticks much more significantly. Yeah. And I think that's why um, corporations you know, now are starting to focus more on when they're posting stuff on social media mm-hmm. or they're, they're – producing a video or a commercial Mm -hmm. it's not about marketing the product like you only see the product in the last 30 30 milliseconds of the video the associated ideas exactly and i i mean i think it's working right i mean obviously i don't know the metrics behind whether or not it's driving products but i guess if they're all doing it then it should be But i mean like look at commercials now from like versus 10 years ago 10 years ago if you saw like a commercial for like bank of america it'd be like we can save you 10 percent on your mortgage but now it's like john father of three you know like he saved 10 percent on his mortgage and now he can afford to buy his kids new clothes like it tells a story and Mm -hmm. i think that's very impactful on the public Mm -hmm. i actually was hoping with my marketing degree in my film production minor to get into advertising campaign production that was like that's where i was going because of the same things that we just talked about like it would be a good channel for my film enthusiasm while also being able to use my like marketing intrigue yeah and it, it's it's funny because it's not it's no longer I mean, if you look like I I mean I can only picture a cigarette commercial right like a nineteen sixties fifties cigarette commercial whatever and they're just sitting there like smoke marijuana whatever the cigarette company is um, and it's just it's literally just saying buy our product because you know it's good but nowadays if you are good at creating a narrative and you're good at storytelling in general and you have that creative aspect in your in your brain it's 
it's a whole different world in marketing and it's a whole different world in media. And I'm I'm kind of glad that it's gone that way because it's more interesting mm-hmm. to watch these different Yeah. I I was listening to a podcast, funny enough, because we're recording a podcast, about um Meta. how yeah, exactly. <laughs> how corporations are trying to figure out ways that they not necessarily even getting away from those commercials, but finding ways to bring customers to their YouTube channel or to their website. So if Thomas, if you were had no interest in buying skateboards and I was a skateboard company, right. I'm going to make a video that you want to click on and you want to watch, even though you don't like skateboarding. So I'm oh, pro- okay. so now you know companies are starting to produce media instead of putting their products out there for media to promote, right? So they're trying to promote themselves with their own media. And it's huh. a growing industry, and I think it's interesting. It's something that should be paid attention to for sure. sure. Interesting. Do you guys have like a favorite commercial? I mean, we already Ooh. talked about favorite. Movies, I mean, I but... I think definitely one that's or a series of commercials that really are just hilarious, or like the Doritos commercials. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you guys it. know like the philosophy behind all of those, but they were all most of them like all like the Super Bowl ones and stuff. They were all like fan made. Doritos basically was like, "Hey guys, we want to see what your commercial ideas are." And so fans send in all those commercials, and um, they're hilarious, and they're actually really well put together. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to like how anyone can really make a good commercial and really put that media out there. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool that it was all fan-driven. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love when, when companies do that. Um, it's, it's more engagement with the customer. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I, I think... Just the the new age of marketing in general is just something that should be celebrated because it's not it's not as cheesy as it was and it's more I don't know it has more substance to it so mm-hmm. it's just it's just nicer to watch and nicer to listen to and it makes you want to buy the product yeah. right um, for example I again I listen to way too way too many podcasts for my mm-hmm. own good like that's what I'm doing when I'm not you know occupying my brain in other ways and a lot of the the commercials or the advertisements on the podcasts are you know, set up and predetermined and the podcastee or the host will recite whatever the, um, ad, you know, whatever company, you know, whatever company put up their ad on that podcast for that specific episode. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how even in those advertisements, there's still a narrative that's created. Oh, that's true. And yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's different companies like, um, Casper, which is a mattress company and all these different companies are ingrained in my head because they're constantly repeated and they constantly have the same consistent thing through all the different podcasts that they're featured mm-hmm. on um so i guess consistency is also goes along very well with with um creating the narrative and creating that that storytelling in media and marketing yeah, absolutely do you guys remember that pug monkey baby commercial from a super bowl like a couple years ago it was like this real weird like pug monkey hybrid with a baby and it like just walked around like all like weird and be like kept saying pug monkey baby and like it would just like do random things with like people no i don't remember I that think at all blocked that one out yeah, you yeah. blocked it out. Yeah. Mentally blocked. Dude was way creepy. I think it was for like a beer commercial. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> like don't like don't quote me on that. But it's like, oh no, it was for Mountain Dew Kickstart. Never mind. But yeah, still real weird. Like oh, I'm still like traumatized from that. I think the is it the insurance company uh, that had the commercial where the kid was like, uh, like listing things that happened in his childhood. He's like, but then nothing of the, none of those things happened because I'm dead. And it, oh yeah that was so <laughs> messed dark. up it was dark i was like oh my god i was god. like uh when does lady gaga come out go super bowl <laughs> oh my gosh it's funny because at the same time a lot of those companies like the pug baby monkey and the the, the dead child sometimes <laughs> they miss their mark yeah, a, little a little bit, bit. sometimes little bit. they miss their mark 
but when they hit it right, it's a gold you remember mine. remember it. Yeah. Like, yeah. My favorite ad campaign ever, I think, was the Geico Caveman. Oh, oh, yeah. oh the, the that's original, so good. He's walking through the airport, and he sees the ad of, like, a caveman on the side of the moving sidewalk, and he just gets so dejected and walks away. <laughs> like, I love that ad. That's a good one. With, like, Remind Me by Royksop playing. You know what's, what's also pretty great is, you know the Sprint Verizon guy? Yeah. That I get, he was with Sprint, That's now he's with so Verizon. so petty. Right? Like, yeah. Sprint paid him so much money yeah. for pettiness. Um, I, think it's, <laughs> I, I think that's so funny. I, I think it's hilarious. That's, a um, that's really another funny. really creative thing that they're doing, right? Yeah. Although, and as he a Sprint wa- customer, I see right through it. My yeah. coverage is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Don't pay, what, like 50% more for like a 1% yeah, it's more than a 1% increase and in I'm coverage. Like, um, <laughs> uh, I can see the maps. Everyone that I know with Verizon is happy, and I am sad. <laughs> Do you have Sprint 2? I have T-Mobile, which okay. isn't like, eh, it's okay. Like, it's, it does its job. That's interesting. Yeah. My, uh, so I have AT&T. My whole family is AT&T. Uh-huh. And a couple, I guess this is a testament to companies' customer service. That's how I'm going to relate this, this story in. So a couple months ago, my, my grandfather, who lives in an old age community, right? He's, he's from New York. So he's very – imagine the story told in a very heavy accent. And they were putting up a giant cactus that was for like – you a know, cell a, Like a cell tower. Yeah. And he had AT&T. It was supposed to be AT&T. And it wasn't working. He was convinced – now he has a flip phone, so it might, that might be why it's not working. <laughs> but he's convinced that it's not working. The tower is just a fake cactus. There's nothing <laughs> in it, right? So he's going to like HOA meetings um, and bringing it up to people, bringing it up to the board of HOA and all the other older people that have flip phones are like are, are, no, no, they're, they're with him. Like, yeah, my cell signal is not increased, but just because their phone was bought in 2009 or probably earlier that uh-huh. the cell signal is increasing. But when I'm there and any other millennial or my parents are yeah, there like or anyone, we have, like, yeah, we yeah. have LTE full bars, but yeah. every other you know, elderly person in the neighborhood is still at one so bar and they have funny. no idea what's going on. That's pretty So funny. it's like a huge deal in their community. Great. Yeah, it's, it's a huge deal. They're like, we, we paid all this money with the HOA to put this thing up and it's not working. But it is working. They just don't know because they have such old phones. <laughs> it's, I don't know, wow. it's funny. HOAs are funny too. Yeah. I don't know if you guys lived in neighborhoods with HOAs. I lived on the border of an HOA, I yeah. think. Yeah, we were just on the outside and got to live our life as we chose. That's nice. <laughs> HOAs, I mean, they're good. They're, there's goods and there's bads to HOAs. Um, I mean, you, sometimes you see bads a lot more than you see goods. Like, for example, um, a lot of my friends, when I lived at home, would come over and there would cars be parked in the street, and their cars can't be parked on the street past a certain time at our, in our neighborhood. So we would always get written up for having like a car in front of our house, even though the driveway's full. And we got to the point where we were getting charged like $30 each time there was a car out in front. So, I mean, that's a perfect example of a, a situation where the HOA is, I mean, they're doing their job, but it doesn't favorable. seem, yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem yeah. like it's, it's necessarily a fair thing. So maybe you're lucky they didn't live in an HOA place. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. And you're living, where, where are you living now in the apartments? Uh, I live in Villas on Apache. How do you like that? Um, it's a pretty nice place, honestly. I need to, um, still put up all of my decorations. My life has been in shambles a little bit because I, like, had to move in right after my new job training and then immediately had Camp carry and just classes start. So I need to, like, set aside a chunk of time to, you know, make it a livable space. Um, but I think I will like it. 
That's awesome. Do you have any roommates or are you alone? I am living with one guy uh, named Jacobus Shika, who is my boy and who um, I lived with last year as well. He was actually the first friend that I made at ASU. Um, he's one of my closest friends. Uh, it's fun to live with. We like joke about random stuff all the time and we have this like tiny Italian porcelain chef who we named Bada Bing. And Bada Bing? Bada Bing. We I talk to him often. That's awesome. He holds a giant eggplant. Sounds like we're going to Eli's place. I don't yeah, know. it's it's a party all the time. That's oh, awesome. Man. That's super cool. Um, I can only imagine if your roommate is anything like you, Eli. It's again a it's controlled so, storm a fun, of nonsense. Such a just fun constantly yeah. going on, just it craziness. It's a controlled storm of nonsense. That's awesome. That's super cool. <laughs> and Thomas, you're living in Vista this year. I am in Vista. Um, you lived I'm, in Vista last year, right? So it's right. not much of a change, or um, no, not necessarily. So I lived in Building G last year. This year, I live in Building J, which is like connected to that small on-campus Walmart. Um, the only thing that's different about this room is that it's still a four-person room, but there's only three rooms. Let me explain. So my good friend Hunter Wright, he and I both have a private room, private bath. So there are, there's two bedrooms and bathrooms right there. But the next room is a shared room and shared bathroom. So one, two guys are supposed to be in it, but only one there is there so far. No one else has been assigned to it. So there's four people, but three rooms. And it's it's a little weird, not gonna lie, but it does its job and it's like a pretty nice place. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good time. What about you? I, I'm living in uh, an apartment complex right off campus, like five minutes off campus, called Rancho Morietta. Um, so it's, I don't know, you know, it's kind of hard to explain geographic locations, but it's on Vista. Mm-hmm. It's not on Vista, it's on Rural. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's by the Starbucks on Rural. Oh, okay. um, but it's nice. north of campus or? It's it's past Vista del Sol mm-hmm. and, and and those apartment complexes. So it's it's pretty close. It's pretty nice. Um, I'm living with my friend Chris, Chris and Cooper. it's it's kind of funny um, for especially freshmen that have no experience living off campus or living away from your parents, not under the guide of ASU. How different it can be living in an apartment situation, even even in Vista. It's because even though Vista's on campus, right. but still an apartment is so much different than a dorm. Um, that the ability to cook changes everything. It does. You have a stove. It does. Like, it's, it's amazing. I mean, <laughs> it, it depends. If you're me, then it doesn't change too much because I can cook macaroni and cheese, <laughs> grilled cheese, and uh, Dude, eggs. But I'll give you some marinades. I, I would appreciate oh, I that. marinades real well. I would appreciate that a lot. Um, and, and even the grilled cheese, it took me like six times to, to, to get the cheese right. <laughs> you know, you so. know what you do to elevate that grilled cheese? What? Throw a slice of tomato in there. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Ooh, call strips of bacon. Oh. Use Maybe some a Gruyere. Oh, some yeah. Munster. Ooh, good melting Maybe, cheeses. Oh, how about what about a couple slices of avocado? Oh, you know what, what ASU should have? I, I would think it was using white. Dude, no, you got to get some nice sourdough. Okay, some firm sourdough. sourdough. Oh, okay. Goodness. Hey, I can teach you how to make sourdough. I know. I would how to make, make sourdough? sourdough. I bake bread. I wow. bake bread. Thomas Anderson. I, so I know how to make sourdough. I know how to make baguettes. I know how to make ciabatta. Um, there's a couple other things I know, like, how to do, and I can, I can kind of, like, vary up the recipes I know. It's so, like, the sourdough bread, you can throw some herbs in it, oh and so you can kind of complement what you're having. It's my like, goodness. I made caprese, like, sandwiches, like, a while back with, um, so, like, a caprese is basil, mozzarella, and tomato. Um, so, with that, I used a sourdough recipe, but I threw rosemary into the dough. Essential Italian ingredient. And so, it's, like, really fragrant, and then I used basil oil to, like, base the bread with. Um, that's awesome real good and then of course like any other bread you can throw herbs you can throw um you can use whole wheat you can do half and half um anything yeah 
I also really like making cinnamon rolls. Um, I actually made those last night. Um, do you have any left? I, they do, but they're at someone's, Marissa's apartment. Oh, yeah. bummer. Ooh. Yeah. Lucky so, lady. Yeah, we made cinnamon rolls. Her roommates were like, wait, I thought you were just making it up from a can. I'm like, no, no. No. No, it's from scratch. <laughs> that from ain't scratch. me. We don't do, we don't do can stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you should bring them around more often. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So here's a proposition to, to ASU and Michael Crow. By the way, I saw Michael Crow today. I said yeah. hello to him. He's in the MU. Yeah. Whoa. I wanted to compliment on compliment him on his tie but he looked busy so i just kind of walked past um, <laughs> he always looks busy yeah he, he is he's got to be busy i mean he's michael crow yeah. um pr- proposition to you michael crow if you're tuning in maybe we should have like an asu w- series of workshops to help help students learn how to cook some basic foods for when they move out into the apartment because i mean it, might, it can't just be me i'm no, not the only one can that can be. that can only i don't think it you is. know cook grilled cheese yeah. and i have another proposition we have eli and thomas cook that class Ooh. i mean i mean teach I'm that down. cooking i class. have an apron of my own I'm i can buy an apron i'll get like a cheetah print or something like Ooh. let's go i i mean serious yeah. proposition um how about an i'll ASU help set it up off for scholarship money that's oh, not a bad idea money? either i'm telling you we can incorporate you know probably maybe like the the culinary school might be doing this already but either way um proposition to you michael crow so if you're tuning in please uh Email, email me, click on the links in the description, <laughs> and we'll set something up. I'll organize it. We'll get Eli and Thomas in there. Yep. It'll be a good time. Be a great time. All right, so before we wrap this up, do you guys have anything else you want to share with the audience? Anything on your mind on this wonderful uh, Wednesday afternoon? Did you know that the mantis shrimp um, can actually see 12 color wavelengths? Human beings can only see three. Um, and also, the mantis shrimp can't see any of our color wavelengths. So they can see all kinds of stuff we can't. Doesn't wow. that blow your mind that there's yeah. like nine other wavelengths that we can't even imagine? I can't even believe them. The Amanda Shrimp we, also has like a uh, – we have binocular vision, meaning mm-hmm. we like have two eyes, and they have like six eyes, so they have sexnocular vision. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, can't they like punch in water? Oh, they punch it... in water and it creates a vacuum. <laughs> they punch so hard that the water hits you back. Really? Yeah. Well, Animals this is all mantis shrimp, man. This is all good information. Yeah, you never know we're gonna run to a mantis shrip, I yeah, guess. You never know. Better watch out. Well, <laughs> as fight back. <laughs> yeah. Classically, um, as we did for the first two pilot episodes last year, we're gonna continue the trend of ending each episode with a quote. So, Thomas, yes. will we do the honors. So this quote is from Khalil Gibran. He's a poet and an author. And one of his, one of my favorite quotes from it says, In the sweetness of friendship, let there be laughter and sharing of pleasures. For in the dew of the little things, the heart finds its morning and is refreshed. That's awesome. And I think that this podcast had lots of smiles, lots of friendships, lots of laughter. Oh, yes. And I thank you all very much for listening. We're going to, again, be pre- Putting out one each week, probably on Wednesdays or Thursday nights is when they're going to be up. Yep. On iTunes, SoundCloud, and then soon Spotify. Yep. So uh, make sure to share with your friends. Get going on that. And just um, tune in. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me.